Rob's air fryer recipes. We could title it food for thought. Yeah, totally. There you go. Did you know you can make pop tarts in an air fryer? (laughs) (laughs) You probably have. Of course. How else would you think I know how to do it? (laughs) I'm still working on s'mores though. I will, I'll, I'll perfect the s'mores recipe in the air fryer for the cookbook. This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything about assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Whose who's silky tones could that be? I am so relaxed right now, man, after a month off. Oh, fishing and camping and just living in a tent. Tent living, man. Let me tell you, it's, uh, it's something. It is something. <laughs> I don't know, man. Anyways, okay, hold on. Before we get too far down that particular uh, fishing hole, uh, my name is Rob Minow, and really? joining me have, today, have Mr. Steve Barkley. I'll give you first bill because uh, you're back. Well, thanks. Thanks very much, guy who purports to be Rob. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Mr. Ryan Fleury is also here. I am back again. Well, you're not back. What do you mean you're back? I was here last week and I'm back again. Oh, I see. All right. Yeah, sure. Yes. Sh- Shady's back. Tell your friends. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and we are doing a little podcast we call AT Banter. Banter, banter. Banter. Uh, so, okay. Well, I think you've answered some of my questions, uh, Steve, already. Uh, how, how did you enjoy uh, fishing? Fishing was spectacular. Uh, we were we were in uh, Hewlett, British Columbia, just on the west coast of Vancouver Island, out in the open ocean. We were fishing primarily for salmon and halibut, and we got a lot of salmon and halibut. I limited out on the number of Chinook salmon I could take, which is 10 a year. Uh, I got a couple of coho on top of it. Got two nice halibut as well. My freezer is full. Wait a minute, 10? Like that doesn't seem like a lot for a year. Are they really big fish? Uh, biggest one I caught was about 22 pounds. So, you know. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's pretty big. I, I think on average, we probably, our, our average fish was probably around 13, 14 pounds. Okay, so okay, let me do the math on that. So let's see, fifth, say we'll average let's, out to let's 50. Let's say on the low pounds. side, 130 pounds of salmon before you fillet it. Right. So yeah, I guess probably, that is, probably lose about 20%. So, you know, I, I probably got a hundred pounds of salmon. What? You don't eat the eyes? <laughs> no, I don't eat the eyes. The cheeks, never the never gone there. No, no. Halibut uh, cheeks on the other hand. Ooh, those are good. Yeah. Tell them the size of halibut you caught. 
Uh, the biggest one that we brought up was 142 centimeters. Um, so that's, uh, what's that? Like four feet. Yeah. Man. Hmm. Wow. It, uh, it weighed in at, uh, after it was cleaned, 74 and a half pounds, I believe. Wow. Take two of them to carry it. <laughs> yeah, so that's, for, for the, uh, that's almost 56 inches for the, uh, for the folks in America. Um, and uh, yeah, it took, it took two people to carry it. Um, it was, it was kind of fun actually that day because um, you're under a regular recreational license. You're only allowed to take uh, one halibut per person over 90 centimeters. And the maximum size you're allowed to take on a recreational license is 130 centimeters. Uh, but we had what's called a um, experimental recreational halibut quota license, which is something DFO Department of Fisheries has um, just come out with recently. And it allows you to take fish over your recreational limits. So you can take more fish and you can take bigger fish than you would normally be allowed to take on a recreational license. What you have to do is you have to log them in your logbook. They send you a logbook. You've got to log it in your logbook. You've got to report it electronically to them, uh, what you've caught, how much you've caught, what you're keeping. And, um, and then uh, you have to pay uh, the quota cost for that fish based on the poundage. So, um to establish the license you have to buy at least 20 pounds on the license you have to have a balance of at least 20 pounds just to go out fishing when i bought those 20 pounds they were five dollars a pound um and uh i think right now uh it's up to about eight bucks a pound but halibut um halibut per pound uh in canada is about uh 38 dollars a pound so if you're being asked to pay five to eight, you take that fish. <laughs> it's, it's like the cheapest way you're ever going to get it. So yeah, wow. it was, it, that was a, that was the biggest halibut that we've ever capped. And uh, it was, it was massive, big, massive, thick chunks of meat on it. Very, very good. <laughs> Yummy. Yeah, no, it's a good thing I didn't get into fishing because it sounds like there's way too much math involved. A lot of work. Well, it is, it is, it is hard work. I mean, you're, you're out there. It was bouncy seas the entire time we were out there. So we were in, you know, uh, probably about the worst waves that we were in were about 12 feet, um, you know, on a, on a 28 foot boat. So you're, you're basically um, sitting on a boat watching these waves that are taller than the boat rolling by. And you got to be very careful when you're operating a boat in that and, um, you know, make sure you're very careful on how you make your turns and stuff. But it's also super funky in the back when you're running around trying to, you know, bait lines and put lines on downriggers and get them down and, you know, you're trolling along and you're getting whacked side to side. And it's, uh, it's quite the, uh, quite the lower body workout. Hmm. You definitely feel it. Yeah. Well, good. You're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready for the show. You you would think, right? But yeah, <laughs> the first first couple of days back here, my it took quite a while for my brain to re-engage. Well, it's too bad that you missed last week's episode because it was all about brain-computer interfaces and oh, perhaps right. could have, have uh, helped with that. Oh, because I'm I'm really fascinated by that stuff too. So uh, yeah, I'd love to hear hear what you heard. 
Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, actually, talking to somebody who actually works in the field. Nice. Uh, and then you missed the sex episode. You missed Daryl Lennox, the comedian episode. Yeah, you missed you missed a bunch of good episodes. Holy smokes! I know. So speaking of what the hell we do, uh, Ryan, what are we doing today? Today we are speaking with Darcy Bernard and Holly Anderson from the Max Accessibility Podcast. See, Steve, you'll notice that my segues have not gotten any better while you're away. Well, you know, practice, practice. Yeah. Five yeah. years of practice. Yeah. Hey. 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 <laughs> it's five and a half to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like Steve, man, I feel like there's so much to catch up on, but... Uh, there isn't really. <laughs> there is. I feel like a lot's happened. We're having an election. That's, That's crazy. True. Yeah. Days. Yeah. All right. Well, we got lots it's, to say about that. Well, nope. sure. I mean, I, I got things to say about that because I've just been fishing with a whole bunch of guys who are conservatives, and you know, here I am, you know, the the lefty. Yeah. So it's been <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 been educational, edu you might say. Yeah, I'll bet. The thing that concerns me is that I don't get the sense that anybody's really talking much about um, disability or disability rights uh, in terms of their platforms. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I I think I'm just getting jaded around the politics altogether. You know, I I, I keep seeing, you know, the liberal leader, the NDP leader going out there and and talking about all this money that they're going to spend, but nobody is talking about how we're going to recover from, you know, all the money that we spent during this, this COVID pandemic, because mm -hmm. we put out a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it's going to take some time to recover from that, I think. But, uh, um, you know, I, I also was looking at a poll today. It looks like the uh, conservatives are now polling neck and neck with the liberals. Yeah. So they've mm. moved, they've moved quite a bit ahead and the liberals are falling against the NDP as well. So we could have a, uh, we could end up with the conservative government with maybe the NDP in opposition. It'd be interesting to, uh, to see how it all pans out. The different parties need to step up and start talking about some disability rights issues because nobody's really talking about them. And the stuff that they're talking about is pretty pathetic. And the ACA still has so much work left to do in terms of all the promises that that made yeah. um yeah so it doesn't it doesn't look real great um in terms of that space but who knows maybe they'll start coming out and start actually making some uh promises not in the next 19 days they won't well you never know no oh, well they'll, they'll make all kinds of promises in the next 19 days the question well, is yeah. will they follow through with any of it yeah well, well that's why i just can't i shouldn't say i, I can't be bothered with politics but it's just, uh, we, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to balance the budget in the next 10 years. You may not even be in in the next four years. So, right, yeah. You know, like, yeah. I just can't, uh, it just irritates the hell out of me. Yeah, but you got to yeah. vote. You, you got to vote. Man. Absolutely. Yep. You got to get out there and... Yep. Because it's yeah. important. Even Absolutely. if you file a protest vote to a party that's not necessarily going to win in your riding, uh, it's important to get out and vote. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and it feels good. A nice F you vote. Feel <laughs> <laughs> good at the end of the day. I stuck it to the man the best way that I could. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen, if we got nothing else to jabber about, uh, let's uh, go ahead and bring on our guests. All right. Joining us now are Darcy Bernard and Holly Anderson from Maxessibility. 
Darcy and Holly, thank you so much for joining us today. I am Ryan Fleury. Joining me as usual are Steve Barkley. That would be me. And Rob Minot. Uh, hey, I think that's me. That is you. And Pretty sure. We have Darcy Bernard and Holly Anderson from the Maxessibility Podcast or Maxessibility Roundtable. I'm not sure how you want to be referred to. <laughs> Either way, that's fine. That's fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. I've got a, I've got a lead-in question for you guys. So, so Android versus Apple is Android superior or vastly superior? Yeah, boo. <laughs> well, that's about all the time we have today. So, uh... <laughs> let's talk about iOS 13. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, but hold on. Actually, that that does as, as much of a joke as that kind of is because we are kind of we are a little bit Android around here. All over. I'm iOS. Um, but that but that actually ties into a question that I did have for you guys because. I really feel like, and instantly, welcome to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> now defend your position. Yeah, right. <laughs> end of the gate. Like, <laughs> Pressure. <laughs> this is not a normal show. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, but no, but it's but that whole discussion, this whole like Apple versus Android. Do you really see that as as? as a conversation that has much weight these days. I know it used to, but I feel like that's a conversation for five, six years ago when people were still finding their their place on, on which ecosystem they kind of wanted to dial into. I really feel like these days, the playing field has leveled to the point where there's really no right answer. Not that there was ever a right answer, but I mean, I think that there was a time when you could appoint it to accessibility and say, Apple's the way to go. I feel like now the, 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 the playing fields are leveled. So really that, anybody who asks that, I feel like the answer is kind of, well, it just depends on what you're looking for, it, what, what devices you already have. But what is what is your guys' feeling about this? Like, is this really a, a still a, a valid conversation to have, or is it really just personal preference these days? I think it's. Personal I think preference. it's always been personal preference because, I mean, yeah, you could probably argue one or the other, um, but you're always going to have your Apple people and your Android people, and you know, it just depends on what your personal. Pre I haven't now having said that, I haven't used Android in a while, so I I can't speak to its accessibility. You know, I'd heard that Braille support has been lacking at times, but I think maybe that's changed, but I'm not sure. Um, but I think I think it's always been sort of a, a personal preference thing, really. I mean, ultimately, these things are tools, right? So it's like, yeah. you know, whatever tool works best for you. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people, and I think it still happens, but a lot of people really kind of, you know, link their whole I identity sometimes into which platform they use. And I think ultimately these things are you know, whatever works best for you. And, and, and I, I try not to, I, I never was one to say anything about someone who used Android because I know what it's like to sort of, you know, for all the longest time, at least as far as accessibility, Android was kind of the minority. And I can, ex I know what that's like for being a Mac user, because, you know, back when Holly and I first got our Macs back in 2006, you know, everybody was like, why, why are you doing that? Like, you know, at that point, you know, if you were talking about screen readers, uh, you know, voiceover was free. And at the time, the only other free screen reader was narrator, which was not very good back in those days. So that the thinking was, well, if a screen reader is free, it can't possibly be good. Right. So I, I think I think it's yeah, this is a roundabout way of answering your question. But um, 
ultimately it's just whatever whatever works best for you and you know whatever you kind of connect with i mean they have different ways of doing things and whichever works works best for you so stepping things back a little bit and and sort of taking a sort of a a high level view of of apple and accessibility what what is kind of the the state of apple accessibility these days um are are is apple really still innovating or is it mainly just kind of quality of life improvements with with every sort of new um, iOS update? I would say they're still innovating. I mean, they added the um, like things like the screen recognition and all that last year. They've added stuff with um, if you have one of the phones that have LiDAR, they have things like that. I, th I think they're still innovating. I think it's it's the kind of thing that, you know, um, you know, over time with any sort of product, once the sort of all the, the low hanging fruit gets picked, it's, you know, the, the updates are going to be fewer and, and farther between, but I think, I think they're still, I think, I think they're still innovating. I think, I think it's, I think it's still important to them. What is accessibility like on the Mac side? Cause none of us here use a Mac or maybe have ever used a Mac. I know I haven't. And so is voiceover still being improved, worked upon on the Mac OS? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Um, it, it it has it i mean like they all have their their issues sure. um i i think so they i think they're they're improving it at every time and um you know there's they... it's probably a little bit slower improvements than ios because it's been around longer um you know it's been around since 2005 whereas ios was 2000 2009 okay, well, yeah 2009 that's what i thought and then i didn't want to say it because i was afraid i'd be wrong but yeah so it's been around a little bit longer so i think it's had yeah. more time to and i mean i'm pretty sure no i don't i don't know this for a fact but i'm pretty sure it's the same you know primarily the same accessibility team that works on all of it so i think if something's going to get improved it's going to be ios because that's where you know the majority of people are but um yeah i would i would say so i mean it's it's my it's my primary uh, uh, system. I, I've been using a Mac, like I said, since 2006, and I haven't really used Windows much uh, since then. Matter of fact, the only time that I think either Holly and I have used Windows in the last several years is when we had to install it in a VM so we could update Holly's Orbit Reader. <laughs> That's what we used it for. So, And then it was hilarious because it was like, it was Windows 10 and we were both like, I don't know where anything is. I don't know how to do anything anymore. This Actually, is all changed. Actually, the first it was Windows 7. Yeah, and yeah, that's right. But even that was a big change since XP, which is the last time <laughs> any of us had really used Windows. And we were so. using NVDA, and then um, right. which I didn't know how to do anything, and it was all different because it was a Mac keyboard, and so I just basically tabbed around to get done what I needed to be have done, and then <laughs> yeah, so it was it was it was an experience. Like I don't know how to do anything anymore. Yeah. yeah. So is Mac OS still the thing, or have they ported iOS over to the Mac yet? No, it's it's still a thing. It's still okay. its own its own thing. I mean, they're they're all based on the same thing. Like all Apple's OSs are all you know based on the same underlying technology. Like, I mean, iOS came from from Mac OS. Now there are there are things that are sort of moving back to the Mac. Like you can, if you have one of the new M1 Macs, you can run some iOS apps on them, and they are doing more things uh, with various technologies where um, apps can be written and easily converted to run on on either platform so it, they are they're closer than than maybe they were initially but they're still they're still definitely their own things right okay 
Yeah, and you know, sort of going back to the the whole idea of, of the ecosystem, I think that the advantage that Apple seems to have is that they have a few more devices than uh, that are that are all sort of tied into very much tied into that ecosystem. You know, we've got the Apple Watch, you've got Macs, you've got the iPhone, you've got Apple TV. Like, there's there's a real real connection. I mean, hopefully, and, and I'm going to ask you spoiler warning. I'm going to ask you about this down the road, so you can prepare your answers now. But I also want, I'm curious to know if you've heard any rumors about the the whole Apple glasses um, wearable thing that we keep hearing um, is coming. So I mean, there could be a really really like tight knit um, ecosystem for an Apple user that has all these really really useful built-in accessibility features um is is that is that kind of what draw drew you guys to apple um well at the time um the mac was the only thing access that was accessible um when we got into it and at the time it was still kind of a risk because you know there had only been one version of voiceover and so we really didn't know how much apple was going to support it but i think the thing that attracted me to it was um i, I knew that like Mac users really seem to like uh, their products and really seem to like the Mac. And I, I was curious about that. Also, at the time for me, I was both a Windows user and a, a Linux user. And I liked the idea that, I mean, this because, you know, the Mac OS is basically Unix at its core. And I liked the idea of having sort of both like a graphical interface and the uh, the Linux um, underpinning. So, so that was what drew me to it. But I, I did love the idea of, of just having a screen reader built in like that first time back in 2006. And it, this was, this was quite an experience back then, especially because of how difficult, you know, things were sometimes to get going in windows. When I turned on my Mac for the first time and after it booted up, a voice told me that if I wanted voiceover, here's how to turn it on. And if I wanted to do a voiceover tutorial, here's how to do that. And that's like every Mac did that. Like I didn't have to get a special, you know, I just bought that from Apple. I didn't have to get a special thing from an assistive technology company. I, I just had to, you know, get it from Apple. And that was, that was great. And also um, I remember the first time going to an Apple store and being able to walk up to any other computers and just turn them, turn voiceover on and just use it. And that was, I mean, that's, that's less, I mean, because I know that narrator's gotten better and there are free alternatives in, in uh, Windows now, but that was really appealing back then. We're dating ourselves very much now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was very much like a revolutionary thing at the time. Um, you know, you could install the operating system yourself, which, again, you can do with Windows now, but back then in 2005, 2006, you couldn't really do that. So... It was a big, it was a big deal. Um, and, you know, I think because, and also I was always kind of the skeptical one. I was always like, I don't know, it's free and it's different and I don't know if it will be good. And Darcy was like, no, it's going to be great. I'm going to go buy one. I was like, well, maybe you should wait until we find out more about it. It's like, no, I want to buy one this weekend. I'm like, maybe, <laughs> no, maybe you should. <laughs> yeah, she had to talk me down. She, and, she did, like... <laughs> and we had heard about it, you know, different places. And I actually got to, a friend of mine had one and I got to try it out. And that's actually what sold me on it was I tried it out. I'm like, okay, this thing's really cool and I want one now. So then I had to talk myself down because at that point we'd heard that, um, 
the Intel transistor, this was back when they still used PowerPC chips, again, dating ourselves. Um, and so the Intel transition hadn't happened yet. So we had decided we were going to wait until the first Intel Mac computer came out. And um, so we waited until then. But yeah, it was, it was really cool just to be able to do that without, you know, with, with nothing off the shelf. It was just built into the operating system. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we've we've talked on the podcast a lot um, about Apple, and in, in that sense, that they were really responsible. You know, however you feel, however, whatever side of the of the of the field you come down on in terms of Apple versus Android, or or how you feel about Apple as a company, you have to give them credit that they really got the accessibility ball rolling. Mm -hmm. They were the first out of the gate to really embrace it, and I think that the reason why we have the accessibility that we do have in in Microsoft products and in Google products is solely because of Apple and their efforts. Yeah, and you know, not even not even just um, not even just computers. Like now, if you go and buy a television, like a smart television, there's a good chance that it's going to have some sort of accessibility stuff built into it. Now, some of them are better than others, but well, that some kind of, of that's stuff because of the. Uh the law the 21st century communications Act. yeah all right but, yeah but but i mean that that the fact is that you know that that what i was talking about how big a deal that was now there's so much more mainstream technology that's that that is open to us like there well, used to I be think, very i think you're right i think it's because apple innovated and made it because even uh phones with touch screens i you know back in 2009 I remember having a conversation the weekend before voiceover was announced and everyone was discussing whether a touchscreen was something we could use. And I was like, well, if the blindness community can't agree on whether or not a touchscreen is something we can use, then there's no way Apple's going to make it accessible because we can't even. And that Monday was when voiceover was announced. So, you know, that was a huge, and at the time we all said, this is a huge thing because I think that changed everything and it did it really changed the landscape of accessibility and mm. i think apple is responsible solely responsible for that and i agree i'm glad you said that not me because then it makes it sound more credible because... <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah you know and i often think about that in like what kind of a weird alternate reality it would be if apple just hadn't done that like if they were just been yeah look we made this great new smartphone and yeah it's pretty much inaccessible but uh, oh well and they just they just went on the, the mainstream and you know what would have happened there and you know i'm sure that like we used to work for an assistive technology company and i used to sit beside ryan and uh and uh, here i'll really date ourselves here uh but he used to have to install what was the name of that that software that you have to you had to put on those nokia phones uh, there was talks and mobile speak and mobile speak yeah oh and the the pain in the butt that like trying to get that software working on one of those Nokia phones, and it was like a thousand dollars. And the, yeah, software. those those apps weren't yep. cheap either. No, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I never had one because it was so like way out of my price range. Like I just couldn't afford it. Yeah, exactly. And I often think that that's I guess that's what would have happened if if they hadn't. Um, we would just be stuck with some sort of a third party would have come out with some sort of an app or something that you could install on a smartphone that maybe would have made it accessible. I mean, it's, yeah. It, so really, we we have to give uh, Apple, you know, all, all the kudos we can for 
or at least starting that process. You just flip, flip the conversation around there. You know, we used to pay so much money for the Nokia phone and for talks or mobile speak. Now we're paying a thousand dollars for an iPhone, but the accessibility is built in, right? There's yeah. no, right. no add on technology. Right. And I think too, Google had come out with something around the same time as Apple, but it, I think if I'm remembering, and I may be remembering this wrong, you guys can correct me, but I think it mainly used like the keyboard and like the little joystick. Like it didn't use any touchscreen yeah, technology at the Yeah, I think the first the version of TalkBack, maybe you could only use the D-pad and the, and so it had to be on phones that had physical, physical keyboards. Because yeah. at the time, at the time, um, you know, there was still a debate about whether, you know, there were still lots of phones out there that had physical keyboards and whether that was, you know the way things were going to go or not because um you know obviously the blackberry and stuff was still was very popular and i don't know that, that ever became accessible did it it know. did there was a blackberry there was a screen reader for blackberry as well at one point oh was there okay never used one but there was man shout out to 2004 everybody <clears throat> yeah yeah <laughs> well and look at look at microsoft you know they came out with windows phones as well you know five seven Seven years ago, running you know Windows Mobile and Narrator on those, um, they tried and they were Nokia phones as well. They were touchscreen, but it yeah. just didn't go anywhere, right? Yeah, well, the Microsoft Windows Phone as a as a whole didn't really go anywhere. Like, right. like who would have thought if you if we would have had this conversation back then? I think everyone would have thought for sure you know Microsoft would have won the the mobile war, you know, because yeah. why wouldn't they? Because they you know had the desktop and they had out. mobile and yeah. Yeah, man, it's funny, funny how it all turns out. Yeah. So what have you guys heard about the Apple glasses? Anything or are they are they still being really super tight lipped about that? Well, I, I don't think probably at this point, I, I mean, I don't think there's been any any of the really like the people who who leak rumors and who know stuff haven't really come up with anything. Um, I'm sure they're working on something because they've been talking about AR like augmented reality for years. So I'm sure they have stuff, whether like how far along it is, you know, who knows, but it, uh, yeah, know, it's... there's rumors about everything in the Apple world and it's just hard to know which ones to trust. I tend not to put much stock in any of them until Apple actually announces something. Well, you know, it's really interesting too, because, you know, we have to remember that that's not the first foray into that space. I mean, of course we, we all remember the Google glass and yeah, you know, how that kind of landed with a splat. Um, and I, I wonder that if, if part of it is, you know, they've got it in the bag, they they know it, and they're just waiting for the right time. Because I think that with the um, Google Glass, that was exactly what the problem was, was it was just a little bit before, before it's time. Um, yep. People weren't quite ready for the idea of, of a wearable, especially in a glass format, a glasses format. Um, and so it yeah, it didn't go. So I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe they're still working on it or maybe they are just waiting for just the right time. Although I think that, you know, they've eased people into that, that water with stuff like the Apple Watch. I mean, I remember the Apple Watch being launched. I remember talking with Ryan and, you know, Ryan being the pessimist, he was just like, this is going to, this is going to be a disaster. No one's, who's going to get an Apple Watch? That's funny because I, I was actually not skeptical about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was the like, skeptical I want one. One immediately give me my Apple Watch. I wanted it like two years before it came out. <laughs> yeah, I was a skeptical one. Holly got her Apple Watch on day one. So I got it on day one and I've worn it pretty much ever since. So Yeah, I've got one as well that I'm wearing. Yeah, it's it's uh and that's yeah, it I think, you know, the the whole wearable thing and and 
I think the Apple Watch is is a great as long as as long as you want the things that it's good for. Like I'm not sure the Apple Watch is good for everyone, but I I really like mine, and I'm I'm well, glad I have it and all that. And with the things that they're doing, like lidar, um, you know, even just accessibility, you know, seeing AI, lidar, things like that, I think would be great for glasses because you know it's, you still have to hold out your phone mm -hmm. and with LiDAR and, and, you know, that sort of thing, you're still using your phone's camera. But if you could have glasses that, okay, said, okay, there's, you know, four people in front of you and you could hear it in your ears and you wouldn't even have to, you know, pull your phone out. I, I can see a lot of use for something like that. So I think they definitely are working on it, but I don't know any, anything concrete either. So. Yeah, that's how, yeah, you're, you're so right. That would be such an incredibly useful because yeah, you think like I tend to not want to use my phone if I'm like if I'm out walking around and I ever have to pull out my phone for some reason I'm very much aware that this is a fragile piece of glass I'm holding in my in my hand even with a case you know it only takes one slip to so just having having something just available to you without having you know having to take up one of your hands would be would be awesome for you know like the glasses and stuff and, you know, that's kind of what gets me excited about the assistive technology field right now is that more so now than ever, um, we have these mainstream devices that are mainstream devices, but they have really incredibly powerful AT potential as well. And I feel like that you know, before AT was always really literally an add on or it was a, a niche device that that's all it does. Um, whereas now, yeah, we just, it, it's, it's a much different landscape now. Well, yeah, just think about all the devices that your smartphone replaced, like all the physical things, whether it's a, a, a media player, uh, a GPS device, a, a compass, if you had a, like a talking or braille compass, um, you know, you've got a, a, a camera, you can scan things. There's OCR, like, and I'm, I'm not even probably coming close to all the different assistive technology things that, you know, we've all had replaced by by smartphones by this this one device that you know we that uh, that a lot of people have now okay i'm going to talk about the elephant in the room let's talk let's talk some siri <laughs> what's the deal with siri take okay, a so, hike siri <laughs> i feel like this is definitely one one thing that apple has kind of fallen behind the competition with um, what's, how do you guys feel about Siri being, being, you know, dedicated Apple users? Is it a love hate thing or have you learned to, or is she getting better? I don't like, I don't know what, well, it depends on what you ask her. <laughs> it is. And they all have their, they all like, I, I guarantee if you have all three of them, I, I don't have the Google one, but I have, you know, the Amazon one in Siri, there are times that asking one of them like asking them both one of them will give you the right answer and the other one won't and it's it's it goes back and forth i think it does if you'd asked me this uh six months ago i would have had a very different answer because i got for my birthday i bought myself a home pod mini um and i was like i just want to see what it's like you know because i had um an amazon echo and i wasn't using it to its full potential um you know all the skills and things i just wasn't finding that I was using them very much. So I was like, well, for what I need it for, I think the HomePod will work and it also hooks into your phone and that sort of thing. Um, I really like my HomePod mini, um, but it does drive me crazy at times. <laughs> if I do have specific questions about like, 
an example. Um, I was asking... Earlier in the year, I decided I was going to watch all of the Marvel movies. And I was asking for a specific movie, like the length of this, that specific movie, because I was curious if I had enough time that day to watch it. And I asked for... And it said... There are no um, showings of that movie in this area. I'm like, that's not what I asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I did eventually have to go ask the the A lady the question, and she was able to answer it. So I think it's one of those things where it is behind. Um, I think it's getting better. I think, but yeah, it is behind, and I don't know. I don't know if they just don't care as much about that as other things. I don't know. I don't know what the yeah. what the reasoning is, but it is it isn't it's great for some things, but it's not yeah. perfect. Which I, I guess it's... like Darcy said you can say about all of them, but one yeah, of the big, I... one of the big criticisms about Siri is the fact that it doesn't integrate with other apps like the you know the other services Alexa and and uh, Google Assistant do. It it, it very tied down by comparison to to those ones and that's i think part of what apple's philosophy has been for a long time is to keep their their um their entire products integrated but not open to you know every potential exploit that might be out there the other problem with it is that it's not the same on different devices like your your siri on your home pod is not the same as your Siri on your Apple TV or your Siri on the Mac. They're all different. And you can ask certain ones certain things. They're designed for certain things, but you can't get the same information from all of them. Yeah, no, that yeah, is a problem. Because mm -hmm. I actually just recently got a HomePod as well. And um, the other morning I asked, I, I was, um, I woke up and I asked, you know, Siri what the charge was on my phone. And the HomePod was like, I can't, I don't have a battery, but you can ask on your other devices. And I think like, that's the kind of thing where I hope that they will eventually make it to the point where they can sort of work together and realize that like, like, Oh, he probably, he's asking this question about a phone. Maybe the phone should, should handle it. You know, maybe the phone should, should take that. And I hope that's something, I, I think that's something they're working on. It's probably well, it's a hard problem to solve. Because sometimes you can ask it a question. It's like, I sent a link to that to your iPhone because it knows it can recognize different voices. Yeah. Um, so it knows that I am specifically speaking to it and it can say, Hey, I sent this to your phone. Why you can't say, Hey, what's the battery for my, my iPhone? And it will tell you, I do not know. Yeah. As far as it connecting with other services and other devices, I think that's going, that is getting better with things like um, the shortcuts app, because you can make shortcuts that, that tie in with a lot of stuff and those shortcuts can actually work with Siri. So you have, I mean, that's not going to be for everyone. I mean, it's it's not quite programming, but it's close to that. Um, but you actually can do a lot with that and, um, you know, be able to make it work with with like third-party services and, and whatnot. So I, I think that's going to be something that gets better and easier as as time goes on. They, they jumped, like... Siri actually came out first before all these, and when Google and Amazon came out with theirs, they jumped way ahead. So, like, they leapfrogged them, and I think Siri's catching up, but I think, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're probably, they still are behind, probably. My biggest frustration with Siri, and I have a Google Home, and I've got Amazon Echoes through the house, and I've got Siri on my watch and my phone, but is when you ask Siri a question, 
I found some results on the web. I don't want to go to the web. Just give me the results like every other assistant does, right? Like, yeah. don't, don't put links up on the screen. I don't want to have to go to a website and look it up. I, I queried you for the information. And to me, that that has to yeah. change. Yeah. And yeah. It, it does do that a little less on the on the HomePod. Um, okay. It will answer more questions. But it's not as good at that as the Google and, and the um, – Echo is. I well, I haven't tried the Google, but I'm assuming it's really good at that because that's kind of what Google's thing exactly, is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, their whole deal, and they yeah. should. I mean, if anyone's good, so. it should be good at that. It should be them. Um, right. And uh, and you're right because yeah, if I wanted to do a web search, I would I would open up my browser and do a web search. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's frustrating for but sure. That's my only frustration. I can ask the Amazon Echo what the temperature is or what the forecast here is where I live tomorrow, and it'll say. I cannot find your location. Please open the Amazon Alexa app and type it in. Well, it's already in there. So I don't know yeah. what her issue is. I have is, seen but... that before too. That's really frustrating. <laughs> they all got they've all got issues. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and you know, it's it's actually pretty like we were just talking about how things have changed. You know, who would have thought? Like this this was, you know, fifteen years ago. This would have been something out of Star Trek. You yeah. know, like the fact that we could talk to these things and and so well, and you again, know. I was the skeptical one because I remember when the Echoes came out, I was like, why do I want to talk to a speaker? Like, I don't understand what this thing does at all. Um, I was like, why? And Darcy was like, oh, it will be really cool. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and then, <laughs> I, of course, I got one first because <laughs> I'm so skeptical. Then I always go buy something first because I want a new toy to play with. So that's how that goes. Well, more appliances, you know, you can t talk to your microwave, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. right. That's so cool. It's going I mean, that way. that's amazing. Yeah, like I'm just waiting for the day when they can combine a, you know, a Google Home and a Roomba and put it in like an R2-D2 shell and like it can, yeah, just wander around and beep and... Like and robot. then we have Skynet yeah. and everything just ends. But you know, <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about Skynet anytime soon. No, we're no, I'm about how. <laughs> yeah, whenever whenever I ask the, one of these things a question and they give me a completely ridiculous result, I'm like, okay, we're free. We're we're out of danger from Skynet for a few more years. <laughs> Skynet I, I, destroy all humanity. Yeah, Would you like to see some results from the web. <laughs> right. So I, I feel like Skynet would get here and be like, whoa, this Facebook thing? I'm not messing with that. Like, no. I thought I was bad. Like, no, they got Facebook. They're screwed already. Yeah, Facebook's yeah, going to destroy destroyed. us all. Yeah, it's going to no. become self-aware. Yeah, Facebook ever becomes self-aware, we're in real trouble. Oh, no. I'm unplugging <laughs> That's tonight. my. I'm going to have a nightmare about that tonight. Thanks. <laughs> I never even thought of that. Thanks, Molly. Never did either until right now. <laughs> oh, that's freaky. But that's there. That's that's a horror movie waiting that's to terrifying. happen right there. It is. I can just see Mark Zuckerberg running behind a car, chasing it. And... <laughs> <laughs> He's not dying. I'm your father. Don't leave. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, yeah, where do we go from there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is switching gears, but but I I want to get your I get want to get your feedback on this. So let's talk a little bit about digital accessibility and how far we have to go in digital accessibility. We talk about this ad nauseum on the show. We're always talking about digital accessibility, so it's kind of our thing. But what do you and you know Apple Apple has always been the champion of accessibility. Uh, in, in some regard or another. I really feel like in order for digital accessibility to really, really be driven forward, I feel like somebody needs to like lay down the law. And like, I'm thinking like, what if 
Apple were to all of a sudden just say, just to, to issue a mandate and say, if you want to have an app on our on iTunes, it has to go through an accessibility check. It has to at least work with with screen reader at some level in order to get that pass. What do you guys think about that? Well, well given all the trouble they're having right now with the App Store, and the, I don't think they do it right now, but um, but yeah, I feel like yeah. What about? I mean, there's certain apps that you. I mean, that's actually becoming less now but there's certain apps that can't be made accessible like games um right but let's say you download a pizza hut app or an uber app and it's got unlabeled buttons there's no need right. for that anymore right. no. no no yeah shouldn't be allowed at the very least no. there be, should, should be an indicator like um you know they have when you look at the app store there's all these indicators like it has in-app purchases it you know does all these different things it can work with your ipad if they had some sort of flag that like if you want that app to have the flag, it has to be it has to be accessible. And maybe if you're a voiceover user and you do an app search, maybe the inaccessible ones don't even show up. Yeah. Um, but then I, I don't know, because you're because you're right. It, it is. It's very frustrating. Um, and it sometimes seems like the bigger the company, the more likely that is to happen, which, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. it seems like, you know, if you get if you get to talk to like the independent app developers, you know, the one person uh companies that are making their apps and if you can convince them you know accessibility that they get really enthusiastic you know and they do it just because the the and but then it seems like sometimes you have trouble with like i said like your your dominoes or your whatever like the, the sure. bigger companies they they tend to because be less... they want to try and fancy it up and the more you fancy it up the less accessible it becomes i think yeah like it if... can like if you stay on apple's path so to speak as far as you know, developing goes, if you use their tools, if you use their um, standards, chances are the app will be mostly accessible. If you veer from that path and you use something else, you know, it's about like a lot of custom controls and stuff like that. You, you, yeah. you get that kind of thing. And yeah, because if a lot of times, you know, you again, going back to developers, if you talked it, they, they don't even realize their stuff's accessible, but yeah. they just used all the standard Apple uh uh, controls and and everything and it it stuff just works so um but you're right i think i think there there should be something i think you, you know there's are going to be some apps that just are never going to work by their nature but more apps than you'd think um and even games like games in the last several years have come a long way like i know there was that whole thing that that game the last of us the last of us part two is apparently completely accessible and it's like a big mainstream game that you know people on, on playstation so interestingly enough like microsoft has done a lot of work in that space i mean they've got they've made the the access an accessible uh xbox controller and uh yeah i mean they're they're sort of they sort of leaned into that space accessibility wise so yeah yeah they're yeah really sony's cool. done a lot too there's a lot of accessibility i haven't i've been wanting to um delve into it a little bit more with someone who knows because I'm kind of out of the loop on that front and I would like to um talk to people who are more in the know because yeah gaming accessibility has become huge lately yeah it really has and I guess I guess for me to go to go back to to the the app store um I think that I mean because obviously you're right I mean there there are just apps out there that just are do not lend themselves to be accessible they're just never going to be uh, they're never going to work. They're just too visual. But 
I, I feel like doing something like that, even that if it's a badge that you get, or if it's you, you get into it, like you can categorize apps by accessibility, it's just going to make it easier for for people who are are browsing specifically for something that's accessible rather than downloading it and then finding out that it's not accessible. Um, yeah. But also, it's just I, I feel like the more that accessibility is in the face of of developers and uh, of the mainstream, the more likely the conversation is going to happen. And because I think I feel like maybe a lot of developers don't even know what accessibility is. Yeah, and. And Apple's doing a pretty good job with that. I know every year at their developer conference, because um, they have all the different sessions that if you know if you're there live, you can go to them. But if if not, you can watch them. There's always several. I think there were. I want to say at least half a dozen this year, maybe maybe more, maybe less. All about accessibility. So they're really they're really pushing it now. Obviously, a developer has to decide that that's a priority, um, and uh, they you know go from there. But but uh, they're pushing it, and I'm sure Microsoft and and Google and and all those companies are are as well. Um, you know, it's it's we're definitely further. Like, it's at least you know somewhat on people's radar in the mainstream now, where it, you know I didn't think it used to be, and I think hopefully that just continues to increase. Yeah, and I have to say that I, I think that we have Apple to thank for that. I, I think that they really really made the word accessibility much more of uh, of something on people's lips. Uh, hey, let's talk about the podcast. Um, tell us a little about about uh, your podcast, how long you've been doing it, and what you guys do over there. Maxisability has been going since 2009. Um, and actually, before that, uh, Holly and I had another podcast related to Apple called The Screenless Switchers. And um, and then, you know, Josh, who was a, a friend of ours, started Maxisability, and we started, you know, getting involved with that. And it's basically just a roundtable discussion where um anywhere from maybe three to six people every two weeks we just get on and we just talk about you know what's happening in the world of apple sometimes we branch out if there's something you know really interesting going on um you know like maybe we'll talk about the amazon stuff or or what but um you know we kind of start out with apple but we can we can go off on different tangents if mainly whatever any of us happen to be into accessibility wise or whatever. Like I know when Holly got her orbit reader, we talked a lot about that. Um, you know, we've done different things over the years. And then we generally speaking, when Apple has an event, like when they announce new products and they do like a live stream, we usually come on immediately following that and sort of give like a post, a post show recap kind of thing about, about, you know, what they did and, what we thought about what they did and all that so yeah well we know that feeling we we often do that too we start talking about one thing and then we end the end the show by the end of the show we're talking about something completely different so, oh yeah that uh, that happens a yeah. lot with uh <laughs> with what we do we try and stay on topic we usually have a list of topics we start with and um well, for a while it was either we were talking about the orbit reader or tiktok we were on a tiktok thing for a <laughs> yeah. while too for some so. reason yeah we talk, talking about tiktok a lot and uh like clubhouse, clubhouse. for a little while um and, yeah, uh, <laughs> but I mean that's the great thing about the podcast format is that there really is no format. You can kind of just do it, do what you do, and put it out yep. there in the world. And if it gets accepted, it gets accepted. Exactly. Uh, but hey, speaking of spinning off into other subjects, you did mention uh, an orbit reader, so I'm curious to know. I, I just want to: how are you finding the orbit reader? I really like it. 
Um, it does have some disadvantages, but considering its cost, I very much like it. Um, I, I had, at the very beginning, I did have some issues. I had to get it replaced. Um, I had one of the first ones and it had some pin issues and sometimes there are that. But I think that happens with a lot of braille displays because you have so many moving parts. Um, and I think it's one of those things because it's the new kid on the block. I think you often hear about the bad over the good. Right. And, um, for the cost, I think it's a really good solid machine and I, I really like it. Um, I haven't regretted it at all. But I mean, that's, you know, again, that's, I, I really feel like that is a really important technology because uh, it's about time that some of these, um, electronic braille devices have come down in price. Uh, yeah, they have been ridiculously expensive and, you know, you can get a 40 cell, they have a, a 40 cell one now for 1300, which is, you know, extremely awesome because 5,000, you know, that might get you a 40 cell display. Yeah. You know, and the other companies. So we I really like what about, they're doing. Yeah, we often talk about how, you know, education, um, the, there's not enough opportunities for kids to learn Braille in education. And I think having a Braille display there that's half the price uh, certainly can't hurt. Well, yeah, I mean, like more and more, um, I have to imagine in education, things are digital, right? Like all the material that kids get, like a lot of times in some schools, kids get you know, laptops or iPads or whatever. Yeah. And I think I think if Braille has if Braille's gonna survive, there needs to be affordable Braille displays because you're just not gonna have everything on paper like you used to have. It's just like it has to be Braille displays. Yeah. And it's it's nice because um the orbit, you know, also can be a note taker. And you know, for under eight hundred dollars you can have a note taker, you know, book reader. And it's just it's really it's really great for education and for other things. I mean, it's a little noisy, but so was the the Perkins Brailler back in the day. <laughs> it's not any noisier than that thing was. No. And I used it in school, and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> junk, 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 junk. Ding, ding. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this. Apple, I think, has an event in October normally, don't they? Uh, sometimes September, sometimes October. They, there's rumors that there may be two this year. Last year uh, they had three in the fall. So. Was there? Have we heard yeah. any rumors or rumblings about what might be announced? Probably new phones and new iOS. Well, we know new iOS. We know new iOS. Um, um, we're pretty sure new watches. Um, new yeah, really, everything. Probably new iPad Airs, which I bought one of those in March. But that I, I knew that was coming. But Everything kind of. I mean, Apple is, in a lot of ways... Um, you know, they, they do all these innovative stuff, but in a lot of ways, they are kind of predictable. Like, um, for, I think, since maybe 2010 or 11, you know, new phones have come out in the fall. So it's it's fairly it's fairly realistic to expect that. Now, I know um, there ha- there were some things a while ago. There were some rumors that things were slowed up because of, um, like, Pretty manufacturing was slowed up because of yeah. COVID and all that. So... But I bet we see that in the fall. I bet we we see uh, new, and that there may be new Max too. Um, I mean, they have that whole M1, the M1 Max that, and they haven't completely replaced the Intel ones yet. So I wouldn't be surprised to see more of those. Like I often think, does Apple like to really like just gobsmack people? Like I feel like even the the glasses announcement, I just kind of wonder, 
are they just gonna are they just gonna throw that at a left field one time and or are are they gonna actually plan for that and it should be interesting i think yeah. it's getting harder for them to completely gobsmack people um i think they i think they're a lot more loose-lipped than they used to be coming I mean, used to you never hear anything about you know what's coming but now it's almost like the leaks happen before the events, and if you uh, look at those sites, then you're never surprised. I at least not you, always. If you look but. at the iPhone, the uh, um, iPad, and the Apple Watch, all of them were announced about you know six months or more before they actually came out, and that's I think that's because you know once they start being manufactured, there's going to be leaks, right? Mm -hmm. So. Um, I suspect if, if anything new like that comes out, we'll hear about it. Um, and then they'll say like, you know, you'll, you'll be able to get it next year or you'll be able to get it in a few months or whatever. So, and it, um, and it could be, it could be also that, you know, they, they kind of let things leak because they want to see what kind of reception it's, it's getting. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's lots of, I mean, I'm sure that the Google guys were like, oh my God, like we thought we, we thought we were, <laughs> we thought this Google Glass thing was going to go great. <laughs> We made 10 million of them. What are we well, do no one's really now? doing glasses yet. Usually Apple isn't first in a, in a product space. They're usually, they usually wait for other companies to come in and make the mistakes. And then they come in and they release something that's better. Whether that's what they do here or not, I'm not sure. I mean, the Google Glass came out, but we haven't really heard of a lot of other companies releasing, you know, glasses yet. So I don't know whether they want to be... There, there are tons. There are tons of companies there, making Yeah, I mean, I, there right. are some, yeah. yeah. Now, none, none of them have any accessibility features, so they don't really make it into our space. But Maybe um, that's it, yeah. They, there, yeah. There are lots and lots of smart glasses out there that are, that are floating around. They're, they're just not, you know, they're not going anywhere right now because they don't have any, you know, big company like a Google or a right. Apple. Maybe it them. will happen then soon. It could yeah. happen. It could definitely happen. Yeah, and I think that when it does happen, I mean, I think that in order for something like that to be successful, it really does need to tie into that idea of the ecosystem, right? Like if your glasses are tied to your phone, which is tied to your watch. They should do a mask. Then people might actually wear them. <laughs> It'd be a $400 mask. Idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least. Bluetooth speakers, you know. Yeah, yes, that's, what, that's, that's the answer. No yeah. glasses, do a mask. <laughs> Get that idea to Shark Tank right away. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that I mean, wouldn't be dated they... in several years or anything. Yeah, this <laughs> hopefully not. No, I mean, we, yeah, we joke true. about that, but who, who, who thought who it would be going anymore? this long? So, really yeah. apocalypse and wasteland soon. We'll have to talk offline at some point. You guys can try and sell me on a Mac, Mac yeah. Mini. <laughs> Yeah, all right. <laughs> You've already got. You're already the Benedict Arnold of uh, of the podcast. You already went to an iPhone, so iPhone and I Apple Watch. Yeah, you got an Apple Watch. Yeah. Holy yeah. Apple TVs. Yeah. So go join Maxessibility. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, we'll find we'll find somebody else to do all the work on our podcast. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of AP Banter. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Like honestly, my my view on, on the whole I, I think I, I honestly I think that the whole Apple versus Android thing was silly to begin with. I think that whatever works for people is great. I think they're both everybody's doing a great job. Just keep driving that accessibility ball forward and uh yeah use whatever you want to use so there you go that's the positive note Dan. there we go i found it there you go my dog yeah. also agrees all right guys well listen 
thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can people find Maxessibility if they would like to check it out? Um, you can go to maxaccessibility.net or just search for Maxessibility in your podcatcher of choice and you should be able to find it. Um, we're also Maxessibility on Twitter. And when we do our live streams, uh, we use the, the hashtag VO live. So like, um, that's how, you know, during the show, people can ask questions or whatever. Um, so any, any or all of those ways will get you accessibility. Man, you know what? I'm pretty sure Ryan's going to pick your brain later about uh, a live stream because he's been trying to get us to do a live show for a long We're time. We're going to do it. I just got to get you guys on board with that or I'll just do it myself. Screw you. It's fun. <laughs> it's, it's, it, uh, we don't always get a lot of because the time we do it, we kind of do it in the middle of the afternoon. So um, we don't always get a lot of listeners. We get them more after one of the Apple events. And it's a lot of fun because... You know, you get questions, you get comments from people listening, and it's it. Uh, it's interactive. It, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I just I, I think we, our audience would be like one guy named Shan who would just make fun <laughs> of us. <laughs> well, sometimes we only get one listener, so it, it, yeah. it happens. We do, but we love our listeners. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we we do love Shan. Just for <laughs> <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag yeah. Where is she? Uh, Where is she in? All right, guys. It's been an absolute delight. Thanks for for coming on and and talking to us about Apple. Uh, we'd love to have you on again. And uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for you having so much. Us. It, was it was a, a pleasure. Yeah. Well, so I guess I'm a little disappointed that we didn't. Uh, I don't think we we converted anybody today to mm -hmm. Android. But I guess I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I, I think I think these guys are hardcore partisans. I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think they're switching. No, not not those two. But no, you know, honestly, I think the best thing, the best thing for this whole debate, Android versus Apple, you just need to put it to bed just to end it. Like, who cares? It's neat. Every, everybody just get along with anybody. I'm, I'm sick of things being so divisive these days. Well, it's like Darcy has said, and we've said in the past, you know, whatever tool works best for you and your situation, use that tool, right? And a lot of us need multiple tools in our toolbox. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but I mean, I think that, you know, the important thing is that we can all come together and that... No, we can't. Stop it, Ryan. Stop it. I-O-S. <laughs> I-O-S. To bring the world together here. I just want to point out that on Android.com, there is a heading called Make the World Accessible, Screen Readers, Speech to Text, and some of the newest ways to experience the world your way. And there's a Learn More link. So Suck go. it. There Suck you it, go. Ryan. All righty. Now, the only problem I see with it is it looks like, uh, oh, no, the link is different. The link is okay. titled Learn More, but it does lead you to an accessibility page. Yeah. Excellent. Good job. No, Apple's, but I mean. I had to look. Exactly. <laughs> Apple also is really good at presentation and marketing. And, you know, they've. So oh, they're, they're, they're be, absolute masters. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be better at that stuff for sure. It's going to make it look more shiny. It's definitely going to be presented in a way that uh, is is super clear to people. So they do have that advantage too. But yeah, but even you know Microsoft, you know Microsoft for the last few years has done a big, big, big marketing push on accessibility. It's on Twitter, it's on the web. You know Microsoft is in people's faces now, touting accessibility, very similar to Apple. But you still don't see Google, I don't think, promoting accessibility as much as the other big companies. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. 
you know, Apple seems to come up with a product, leave it for a couple of years and then kill it. Right. And I don't know. Yeah. I just want them to put out those glasses. I really, I, I want, I want some glasses in my life. I think I'm ready for it. I wasn't ready for the Google glass like everybody else, but I feel like I'm ready for it now. I want a wearable glass. I want an AR. I want a heads up display in my vision at all times. So well, life bar. Life bar. I just want something that'll scan people's faces and tell me their names. That's yeah, all. that'd be great too. I mean, just think of all the great stuff that's coming. They just have to. They just have to figure it all out. And I feel like there, there's somebody in a basement somewhere in the Apple laboratories that I'm assuming is underground. Uh, that uh, yeah, they're all work, they're working on this stuff. And some will never see the light of day. Oh, how great would that be if you could be privy to all those ideas that didn't go anywhere? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I wonder if there's like a room somewhere where some guy's like working on x-ray vision. Oh, Ooh. probably. That'd be cool. That'd, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Remember those? Remember you, you used to see the ads for those in the comic books? <laughs> x-ray vision. X-ray, yeah. x-ray glasses and you could see through clothing and stuff. And yeah, we, we all ordered a pair, you know, I, I remember the, what was the sea creatures? What were they called? Sea monkeys. Sea, sea monkeys. monkeys. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The brine shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little people, little family. <laughs> yeah. With pictures of, <laughs> pictures of little monkeys swimming around with crowns on and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. They were just like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but then, hey, we're the generation that bought pet rocks. Yes. Yeah. Too. Didn't they make a comeback though? Like a decade or so ago? Oh, they probably did. Yeah. Then there, there were Furbies. Yep. Man, very impressionable marketer marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you know these days. I think everybody is so desensitized because there's so much marketing that hits them that they. It's hard to to get a trend like that going. It's it's also hard to explain to people how you, like really we weren't stupid. We weren't impressed. We just didn't have the internet. Like true. we didn't know. Like, look, you see an ad in a comic book for sea monkeys. You're assumed that this has got to be true. Like they wouldn't, they can't just put lies in comic books and just sell you brine shrimp and not sea monkeys. Like we had no idea. We had no way to fact check things. So we just had to take people on their word. And that led to some, you know, bad purchases. It was such a simpler time. Indeed. Yeah. We believed what we could buy off the back of comic books. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How did we get into sea monkeys? How did we even, we started talking about Apple and now we're, we should, yeah, now we, we've we thoroughly should, diverged. We'll have to do we should wrap this out before we go any far, further. We'll do, yeah. we'll do a decade do. show again. Yeah, we should do totally do that. But I do want to like do a little bit of a plug uh, for next week's show because uh, it's a little bit of a special show, and uh, especially given that Steve's back. Uh, and I don't know, this might be news to Steve too. But hey, we're doing a good news show next week. Nope, you t- you warned me about it. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing- okay, good. Well, we got yeah. So that's something that everyone can uh, look forward to next week. Uh, we're taking a break from uh, talking about serious stuff and and bad news and talking only about good news. So, uh, and Steve will be running that. Well, so, you got to keep in mind what I consider good news. Other people might consider bad news because, you know, Freud and stuff. No, really? No, 
don't even know what that word means. Oh, it's a German word. It means uh, uh, gaining sort of visceral pleasure from other people's suffering. <laughs> of course, it's a German word. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Germans. Oh, we love you. Yeah, I was going to say, you better take that back. We do totally take it back, Germany. Germany, you've... you've... Send all hate mail to Cowgirl. <laughs> Oops, I mean, go. Wait, they, send I'm, all hate mail to Rob at cowbell at atbanter.com. We make great chocolate. <laughs> There's some world finest chocolate. You're pretty good at beer, too. Beer. Yeah, beer. Oktoberfest. Good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for giving Oktoberfest to the world. Yeah, let's, let's, let's solve your little conundrum here by flattering Germans with, uh, you know, just broad generalizations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, some excellent um, schnitzel. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of gross. I've had schnitzel. <laughs> <laughs> potato. I don't know. Do they have any potato dishes? I don't know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my. What is it? Oh, uh, there's profiling. <laughs> Aren't they? Are, who are pierogies? No, I guess you're training. <laughs> Rob, you're starting to remind me more and more of that episode of Faulty Towers where it's. That's right. Don't talk, don't about, talk the about the war. <laughs> you started it no i didn't you invaded poland <laughs> uh, okay anyway <laughs> great event on that. i don't know i'll have to check our stats to see if we have any German listeners <laughs> i'm keeping the original this is there awesome. you go. yeah there you go Good material for when i'm running for chancellor of Germany. <laughs> that'll come back to haunt you Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, all right. Well, listen. Oh, wait, hold on. We got to do, uh, you know, we have, we have more work to do. Hold on. Uh, hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? They can find us at atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell at atbanter.com. And we are all over the social medias because we are, you know, sophisticated and stuff. So you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, and you can find us on Instagram. I, I do have to say that I'm really, 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 really super thankful that we did not have social media when we were growing up. Oh, my Lord. Because I feel like my Facebook feed I just would have haunted me for the rest of my life. I mean, it would, just, it would not have been pretty. I would have not wanted my life documented forever on the internet when i was 14 no 14 and 18 no 14 and 30 let's just i'm gonna be safe <laughs> so i'm i'm thinking about 12 to 50 <laughs> <laughs> up until i got off facebook <laughs> exactly um all right well that is going to about do it for us this week big thanks to darcy and holly for joining us and we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. 
For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 